Welcome to Cups and Cakes Presents Inside the Artist Studio. The interview you're about to hear was originally recorded on August 14th, 2017. To find out more about Cups and Cakes, visit them at cupsandcakespod.com. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. What you're about to hear may contain filthy language and adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Inside the Artist Studio. Sister Ray is the creative project of Edmontonian Ella Coys. She started the project as a way to artistically flesh out thoughts or ideas she never wanted to write down or say again. She never intended to record anything, ever. Instead, each show she performed was a unique experience for her and the audience. Unfortunately, her project's aim was thwarted due to the sheer brilliance of her live show. Her audience became rabid for something tangible that they could listen to on demand. Enter Craig Martell of Double Lunch Records who talked her into joining his roster and on August 18th, Sister Ray's incredible debut, Untitled, was released. Here to talk about the album and more is Ella Coys. Welcome to Cups and Cakes. Thanks for having me. Let's start with the idea behind Sister Ray. How does it differ from a typical music project? Um, it's different for me. I don't write the songs before I go in, so it's about 20% maximum that I'll write before I go in. And then it just kind of moves wherever it decides to go as the show goes along. Okay. You said 20%, so 80% of your show is improvised? Yeah. So, like, I'll come in with, like, a lyric that I really like or a guitar part that I really like and just kind of go from there and it gets fun because after I'll, I'll play a song a few times at a bunch of shows I'll really like an idea yeah and then it'll move to a song that gets actually written and there are times where I'll play it at a show and it'll stick with me and then that's it and I never touch it again oh, okay I won't go back yeah so once I, f- I have it and I feel too comfortable in it I won't look at the idea again in that project ever Okay, so why? I just needed something that made me uh, make sure that I lose the middle part of censoring yourself as an artist. So when we write songs, we'll say something and be afraid of it. We're scared shitless, but I really like the part of playing a song in front of an audience and saying something and having a moment of being really afraid in front of a lot of people. Because I think that's what I love about seeing music, is seeing someone do something that's really honest and they're really present. And when I force myself to be uncomfortable, I have to really be there. I'm stressed and I'm worried the whole time. And so I can't stop myself from saying something. And I surprise myself a lot and I have a lot of moments in front of a lot of people that don't feel good, but I like that. So where did the idea to create music in this kind of unconventional way come from? Uh, I was on tour, I was going west for the first time, and I had been gone for 
I think we, it ended up being three and a half weeks. It was pretty long for the first time that I had toured. And I was just feeling awful the whole time. And I wrote a chorus, but I didn't feel like anything else that I could write down was going to be true to the next day. Everything was moving so fast, so I just kind of left it there. And I would play with every other part of the song every night. And I figured out that I could do it. Yeah. So I wanted to keep trying. And I hadn't really seen anyone else do it cool. either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So since the idea was to never hear or read the words you sing again, how are you coming to terms with putting out an album? Uh, not well. I'm going to say not well. Uh, it took me a while to listen to it, and I've done a lot of like driving in my car, uh, smoking, just chain smoking and listening to it. Like, oh my God, what was I thinking? It was going to be there forever. But um, it's been good, and it's felt really intimate to hear myself talk like that and to come to terms with the fact that my peers and my family and people that I know quite intimately are going to be hearing it and can hold on to it is uh, terrifying, but it's good, I guess. It's just an extension of the exercise, and I'll just never listen to it. After. Like, I never <laughs> need to listen to it again. I know that it's all right, so I'll just never going to listen to it ever. Fair enough. Well, let's talk about the album. What were the details behind the record? Um, we recorded it at Sewing Machine Factory when the basement was still open, which it's not right now. Um, and Patrick Mitchellack recorded it. And that was it. We just went from there. Haley Pekansky did all the designs and the photo on the inside she took as well. But the cover photo is a picture that my dad took of um, our house when I was younger. My mom was throwing out a bunch of pictures and I kind of nabbed a bunch of them and so that's one of our old house from when I was really really young. Did you approach that night a little differently knowing it was going to be recorded? I think I was more nervous but I don't think that there is a way that I can approach it that differently because I don't have any of the backing of coming in with knowing what I'm going to do so I was more nervous but there's not not much else that I can do. The record features only guitar and voice, but I hear you recently uh, kind of started playing with a band, or at least a drummer, you've told me. Uh, has this changed your approach to the project? Yeah, so uh, the songs that I do with Darrell Smith, he's my drummer, he used to play in Maria, uh, he plays in Daydreaming now, he's really fantastic, and he just put out a chapbook also, which is super good, he's reading at my release. But we've taken a bunch of songs off of the tape and used parts that we like and use that as a place where we um, hold to something that's a little bit more solid mm -hmm. so they're definitely more similar arrangement wise they're going to be more similar every time but it gives me a lot of room as a vocalist to be really loud and to yell and yeah to change melodies and do other things because I have someone else to lean on and yeah we just make a lot more noise and it's really fun to be loud right on yeah uh, okay so let's talk about Craig Martell how much has he influenced Sister Ray? He is pretty much the reason that it exists I'm gonna say he's very aware of that but I played a rockin for dollars once and I wasn't gonna do the project I just kind of wanted to try it out 
and he liked it a lot. It was just a really special moment in the space, and so he just kind of booked me for stuff. <laughs> uh, and I'm really good friends with hey, him. Hey, guess what? Yeah, and I was like, yeah, that sounds okay, cool. <laughs> it just became that, and he just kind of hasn't stopped. And then I told him I wanted to do a record, but I didn't know how I was going to do it or how I wanted to do it. And he just threw it together and did all of the work to get the record happening how it is. So he's he is like 90% to thank for everything. I feel like the part where I play the music is like 10% of it. He's put in so much work and so much time just convincing me that I don't hate everything in the project. He's like, no, Ella, like it's okay. We're gonna, it's gonna be okay. And I'm like, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, 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 it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> so we should all go and thank him is what you're saying. Everyone should just go thank Craig Martell forever. We all owe him forever thanks, just as being the best human. Okay, so finally, the rest of 2017, maybe early 2018, does Sister Ray have any plans? Yeah, so I'm doing a really small West Coast tour the last week of September. Uh, I don't have a ton of dates. We're gonna do like four or five. I'm not doing a lot, just a small run. And then in October, I'm working on going east. We're only gonna go as far as Winnipeg. And then hopefully do another record, record another record in the winter and sit on it for a few months. And yeah. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully do another record. Right on. All right, well, that does it for the uh, quote-unquote important questions. Yeah. These are the ones that I actually think are the important questions, though. We'll get to know you deep down to mm -hmm. the core here. First question, what album sparked your love of music? Uh, when I was younger, we grew up with a lot of fiddle tunes. So Calvin Valrath has an album of Métis fiddle tunes that I grew up with. Or uh, The Cars' Greatest Hits. Nice. Yeah. What's your current musical obsession? I'm working my way through the Prince discography right now, which is 10 out of 10 incredible. <laughs> nice. What's your favorite meal? Oh, Jesus. Like, fruit. I have a Instagram story series of me listening to Naive Melody by the Talking Heads and just eating fruit. <laughs> so, it's really good. <laughs> um, what's the... Uh What's the handle for that Instagram? It does. It's just Ella eats fruit to naive melody <laughs> is the handle. It's really good. I have the whole thing monetized at this point. It's good. I have a brand. It's nice. Good. Yeah. <laughs> How do you take your coffee? Black. Best movie you've seen recently? Oh, I haven't watched anything good. I just watch rom-coms. I watched Paris, Texas a little while ago and it was really great. Alcohol or marijuana? Alcohol for sure. Uh, what's your drink of choice? Uh... Like a Jameson Neat. How many pets do you have and what are their names? I have zero, but I live with my roommate's cat and his name is Hemingway. Hemingway, yeah. nice. What's the strangest job you've ever had? I feel like my last job was really odd. It seems really normal. I worked in a kitchen, but situationally it was weird. I feel like kitchens are the weirdest job people can have because it's where the weirdos find themselves. We're just like the rats of the service industry <laughs> uh what's your favorite superhero 
Uh, is Ant-Man a superhero? Okay, I feel like that would be my favorite superhero. Beatles or the Stones? Beatles. What was your first car? Uh, I had a 2006 Dodge Grand Caravan. Best Canadian city to play? I really like Victoria a lot. Worst? I've never had a good show in like... Oh, we played in this, I don't even know what it's called. It was middle of nowhere, Saskatchewan. And the bill, it was really nice, but it was awful. It was so bad. (laughs) And I'm vegan and I ate butter and it was a sad day. I think that's why it was the worst. (laughs) That could, like, that's pretty much all of Saskatchewan that you just said. Middle of nowhere, Saskatchewan. Like, if you're not in Saskatoon (laughs) or Regina, you're basically where you just described. True, true. And it was like not what Saskatchewan should look like. It was like hilly and there was a lake. It was beautiful. But the show was rough. I can't remember what it's called, though. What's your biggest pet peeve? People in medical clinics that can't keep their kids in one place or, in turn, act like children. Specific to medical clinics? Yeah, I think because I was in a medical, I was in a medic center today, and there was a guy complaining to his girlfriend about how he needed a cigarette, about how he... They had been there for at least 10 minutes and uh, also that he was bored and that he wasn't going to invite any girls out tonight because he has his girl already. I just, it's really specific to today, but I couldn't handle it. What's the weirdest request you've had from a fan? One time I was in a bar and a guy had seen me play at Folk Fest. I played in 2015. And he was lovely, and then he came back after, and I don't know why, but he was carrying his notebook with him in a bar and got me to sign it. It just, like, I'm not, what? I don't know, just signing stuff is weird, and someone doing it at a bar was weird, and I was, like, not in a good good shape to do that either. What's the best album to have sex to? Oh, Voodoo by D'Angelo. What's your favorite road trip album? Um, I really like Driving to the Party by Andy Schauff a lot. That's a good one. Yeah. If you could have sex with any musician, dead or alive, guy or girl, who would it be? Uh, Jeff Buckley. Nice. Yeah, that's a really easy question to answer. (laughs) If you could get wasted with any musician, dead or alive, who would it be? And what substance would you abuse? Also, Jeff Buckley. And any just whatever whatever is available and at hand i just won't move just anything that's there (laughs) all right last question similar to the twilight zone episode if you just found out you're the last person alive on earth what's the first thing you do probably like drink a beer and think about it for a second take a second to settle and then we just go from there you need like 10 minutes to absorb that thought I would take my time. There's nothing really to rush for. I'm the last one. There's, I can't consult with anyone, you know, like (laughs) consult with a beer and then go. Perfect. Well, Ella, thank you so much for joining us on Cups and Cakes. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And best of luck in the future. Thanks. Now, dear listener, we'll leave you with track three off of Sister Ray's debut album, simply titled 531.
I didn't look like I guess I should've Oh, you never would've done it If I wasn't so close Nothing I can say to keep it that way But I want so badly So I guess I'll stay Cheap enough to leave for some time It's just nothing like I've ever
Cups and Cakes is produced by Jeff McCallum. The featured track was played with permission from Sister Ray. Undercurrents from Atlantis Jazz Ensemble's album Oceanic Suite is the background music throughout the entire episode. Oceanic Suite is available through Ottawa's Marlowe Records. Find out more at marlowrecords.com. Inside the Artist Studio is the second podcast from Cups and Cakes. To hear the original and learn more, go to cupsandcakespod.com. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. Thanks for listening.